Here we go with the John Curley, Sherry Elliger Show. You coming along for the ride, and I assume they've been texting Sherry, babying our listeners. You love so much. Mm-hmm. Write to us at MyNorthwest.com, although Andrew says don't bother. You can also text coming to Muckleshoot Casino Resort. Text line one 973 All are welcome. Um, and you've been monitoring the text line throughout the show, Sherry, because that's what we said we would do around 3.30 when we talked to Jack. He said, don't do it. Have you been doing it? Uh, no, I really haven't today um, ah. because I figured that Joe was probably doing it since we discussed it. But I oh, feel the old, yeah, it's not, yeah, someone else is doing it thing. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> was, I always do it. And Sherry's always done it. I thought that I thought you were going to do it, John. That was the whole no. point. I oh. gave you my analogy. It's like someone throwing a bucket of diarrhea on you. Right. Okay. Dive, dive in. <laughs> <laughs> we're perfectly happy to get the diarrhea thrown on us. Yes. Yes. We got you. It takes me back. I'm like, I have a PTS syndrome. We're getting teased as a kid because of my learning disability and kids in school and stuff like that. It wasn't until I failed fourth grade the second time that I was a behemoth compared to the rest of the kids, and they weren't as often to make fun of me because I was able to just pound them. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get back. I'll do it. Oh, I, oh, I see. I, I'm not, not a very good reader, not a good student. I make it funny in second grade. And then you get the fourth grade, still making fun of you, and they fail you. Then we switched to a different school, failed me again. So now I'm like two years, almost three years older than everybody else. Sweet justice. Payback time. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Driving to school in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 it's funny. No, oh, oh, no, God. I don't oh, believe laugh you. At, laugh at the kid with this. Like, I don't believe this. Uh, <laughs> Wait, where's, the, where's the cat? 74 oh, yeah. Ford Pinto, Sherry. Eighth grade. Last month of eighth grade. Oh, well, last month. No, that's I not mean, you were probably yeah, all the other eighth graders driving yeah. in. No, but you were probably the envy of every kid in that school. Sophomore in high school is when you're supposed to get your driver's license. They, most of them couldn't figure it out. It's like, aren't, aren't, aren't you in eighth grade? Yeah. Yeah. Got a problem with it? I'm like <laughs> fighting in the eighth grade for a firsty. And the nun's are like, you, well, the fact that you can grow a beard, you're going to play Joseph in the Christmas patch and keep the beard going because you're going to be Jesus. And I'm fine. That's fine with me, sister. You got it. Uh, walk around with a big beard, parking wherever I want to park. <laughs> no, that was sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be our last show because we are going to do this story. By the way, let's say this third story Joe put in here, second story. You're taking the fall on this, Joe. We're not going to be responsible if they call us in. If we get called in, this is on you. You have to, def- well, I'm not going to say anything, okay. The Bothell man who was arrested? No, no. We'll start with this one. The Kellogg CEO okay. Kellogg's guy, okay. uh, Gary Pilnick. See, what's happened in the cereal industry is nobody eats cereal anymore. And when they did a survey, why aren't you eating cereal? You know what the one of the number two or number three reasons was? It's too, too expensive? much trouble. No, oh, too, too much, much trouble. trouble. And we asked Jacob about that. He goes, you know, you have to put milk on it and then wait for it to get, like, you know, not all crunchy. It's like... Oh my god! So I kind of agree. Too much trouble to have. Who said that? I did. Um, I kind of agree because it is a lot of work and it's a lot of chewing. 
So if <laughs> so, the problem with cereal is that the first oh, bite go. tastes like the last bite. Okay. Uh yeah. And you know I love food, so I I don't like cereal. It, first of all, I hate milk, so I I eat it dry, which is mm-hmm. really kind of not good. That's a chore. And, yeah. And then it's. It's the same thing. The first, you know, you take a spoonful and then like, this is it. It's all I have to look forward to. I don't have any other like side dish or anything else that I could eat to break up uh-huh. the monotony of the cereal. Well, you could do Lucky Charms and you could be like Andy Carroll. And he used to take all the marshmallow treats, red hearts, green clovers, and he'd push them all over to the side. Mm-hmm. They're all the side. So then he would then he could push them up the side and they would stick along the side of the bowl and then that way he could like get a you know a green clover and he'd work that in with the rest so he's always able to get like a nice bite like a a, a fun bite he used to call it so he'd have them all sort of set up there around the edge. So marshmallows were not a fun bite. No, they were a fun bite. You work the fun bite in with the little round things. It was supposed to be better for you. Oh yeah, okay. I can't believe I'm explaining how to eat cereal on the radio. <laughs> Like the, I like life The second cereal. story's not going to do us in. All right. Well, this guy is explaining. Listen, he's he's got this idea, and now people are upset with him. This is the president of Kellogg. We think about our consumer under pressure. There's things that we could do, but most importantly, what this category could do. The cereal category has always been quite affordable, and it tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure. So some of the things that we're doing is first messaging. we got to reach the consumer where they are. Uh, How oh, corporate is this guy? I mean, category he is and it, reach it, people. And, uh, and he goes on to say, I don't know if you have no, more. more so we're more. advertising okay. about cereal for dinner. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. In general, the cereal category is a place that a lot of folks might come to because they, the price of a bowl of cereal with, with milk and with fruit is less than a dollar. So you can imagine why a consumer under pressure might find that to be a good place to go. Right. I'm all for innovation and marketing, but the idea of having cereal for dinner, um, is there the potential for that to land the wrong way? Uh, We don't think so. In fact, it's landing really well right now, Carl. When we look at all of our data, of course we would know that breakfast cereal is the number one choice for in-home consumption. We understand (laughs) that for breakfast. It turns out that over 25% of our consumption is outside the breakfast occasion. A lot of it's at dinner. And that that occasion (laughs) continues to grow, as well as the snacking occasion. But um, cereal for dinner... There you go. That's you, Sherry. Snacking occasion. Dinner is something that is (laughs) is probably more on trend now, and we would expect to continue as that consumer is under pressure. I have to admit, as a busy mom, I've had cereal for dinner more than once recently. So, Gary, I guess uh, maybe your marketing is is working on me. I don't Uh have cereal. Yeah, Gary. Jump in with that fascinating story. (laughs) As a working mom, sometimes. I got to admit, I have cereal for dinner. I hate milk. Wow. List of all the foods you love and hate. I've been desperately poor, and I read that if you eat uh, rice and beans and you put brewer's yeast on it, it's complete protein, and it ended up being like 37 cents a, a meal. It's miserable food just to be, but it sticks to the ribs, and that's what you eat, or you do oatmeal or something like that. So it's not that unusual when you're poor that you eat whatever you can, and cereal is the way to go. So apparently it's 
it's it's what consumers are eating in that that sphere. What was it? It's trending yes. for the breakfast outside the breakfast outside occasion. The breakfast, okay. yeah. So, <laughs> okay. what they what the blowback was was that this guy uh, makes a million dollars a year, and he gets bonuses up to four point four million dollars a year. And people said, how out of touch is he that he has probably a private chef and you know oh eats oh, it. Here, at, we go. So, here we go. So so to suggest that go. you know let them eat cereal type of attitude is offensive. Yeah. So let's just run through the numbers. Let's say he's in California, makes 1.7. The government takes, the government takes 49% of his income, right? Plus he gets paid on the stock bonuses. So if the stock doesn't do well, he doesn't get the bonus on the thing. And when people are, oh, why CEOs making all that money? It's like, do you have a problem with a baseball player making 300 million? No. Do you have a problem with Taylor Swift making billions of dollars? No. So this guy is, what do you think? They just picked him randomly. So he gets the job, and most of these CEOs and these big companies don't hold those jobs that long because if they're not producing, they get kicked out. The average lifespan for a uh, Fortune 500 company, a CEO director, is about three and a half years. You can have some guys that are in there a little longer, but they don't have it always. And if they're not producing, they're done. But there, people are always like, yeah, I can't believe the CEO He's making all that. And he's, yeah, okay, then what, wait, did you just get anybody to do the job? Just random person. There was a, well, the the guy stocking the shelves is only making you know twenty eight thousand dollars a year, where the CEO is making ten times or thirty times that amount. Okay, do you think the stock guy can all of a sudden run a major corporation? There's there's no skills involved. That he's just randomly chosen some lucky guy. You know, when Ben and Jerry's decided they wanted to only pay the CEO, they were going to do this ratio of like the lowest paid person. They're only going to lowest paid times. It was like 10 or 15 of what the number was. Some ridiculous thing. And I think the number, again, this is from a while ago. So they put an ad in. They, we need a CEO to run Ben and Jerry's. This is before they sold it. Ben and Jerry communists that sold the thing for millions of dollars uh, to, I think, Levelor bought it. But for a while, they were advertising they wanted a CEO. And I think the salary was something like 400000 Joe, you could find it in Q- uh, Google. And guess what? They couldn't find anybody. Or they found somebody, and he sucked, or she sucked, so they kicked them out, and they got somebody else in there, and that person sucked. So they were like, geez, maybe we should pay more to get a better CEO to run this thing. They ended up selling it uh, to a uh, publicly traded company. But they uh, they wanted to stand by the idea that they didn't like the ratio of somebody only making X and the, the CEO making 36 times what the other person was making. And it's always so weird how people are upset about certain things. Oh, basketball player? Oh, no reason he shouldn't make, you know, $25 million. Pay a quarterback $43 million. That's all okay. But then some CEO, he doesn't deserve that. While someone else, I bet he doesn't eat cereal. Who knows? It's not what you make. It's what you keep. Well, the other thing I've always wondered about is why people don't go after the movie industry. I mean, the millions and millions of dollars that are spent on just one production is is crazy. And yet that's okay, too. Yeah, certain people are allowed to make the money. The others aren't. I've told this story before, but Andrew, don't hit that button because <laughs> some people might not have heard this. <clears throat> you ready? Heard it. Ready? Move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Ben and Jerry's was 81,000 for yep. a CEO. That's what it was. Jack? They had a five to one rule. That was their ratio. So five to one for the CEO to their lowest, uh, lowest paid employee. Yeah. yeah. They're going to pay him 81,000 for a CEO. Okay. So here is a study that was done, Sherry, and you probably will know the answer, but 
So they said to these people, they talked to more than 3,000 people, and they said, you've got two buttons in front of you, right? You work with everybody else. There's the 50 people. You all work together. You all do the exact same job. You're all making $25,000 a year. You can press the button on the left. Let's call that button, button A. You press button A, and tomorrow your workload will not change at all, but you'll go from 25000 to $50,000 if you push button A. If you push button A, you'll go from 25 to 50. But everybody else that you're working with in this pod, everybody else, the other 49 workers, will go from 25000 to 55000 So they'll be making $5,000 more than you. That's if you push button A. But you, your salary will double. Workload will not change. But everybody else around you will be making $5,000 more. That's A. B, press button B. You all go from 25000 to 20000 You will lose $5,000, but you'll all be making $20,000. 3,000 people surveyed. Majority said what? A or B? I, I don't think there's any choice but A. 53% said B. Well, everybody gets a raise if you pick A. Sherry. The fact that the person didn't want to be sitting next to somebody that was making $5,000 more than they. So they would rather take a $5,000 pay cut, right? So they're all equally poorer at $20,000 than to push A and get a raise, doubling your income to fifty, But having to sit next to somebody that was making more than you was too upsetting for 53% of the people that were surveyed. Who did they survey? Okay. Like that is outlandish. Is it outlandish? It is. I can't. I. I, I but I, but I, just. I know for you. I listen. Ask myself that every oh. day. Thank you. But think about just sort of the general idea that people have about money and where the money, and they don't want to know that somebody might be making more than they. We live in an industry where someone's making $300,000 um, and then the other person that's doing the same job a couple hours later, like they used to do this thing where they, golden time, right? From five o'clock or from six in the morning till nine in the morning, that was golden time for radio. Remember that, Sherry? So the morning oh, guys yeah. were making like $500,000 and that's then right. the next person sitting in the exact same seat doing the exact same thing, playing the exact same songs from nine to 11 or 12, same shower, same, you know, uh, work shift. They were making like $35,000. Oh, yeah. And then the same thing happens around the other side. So then the drive time, the golden hour of the drive time. So everybody kind of knew some people are making a lot. It's the exact same job, but that was just part of it. So we all understand that. But for the average people that were being surveyed here, no, they don't want to sit next to somebody they know is making $5,000 more than. So they will hurt themselves and lose money as long as everybody is equally miserable. So that's why it's 53% said button B. Well, it didn't it occur to them that they're also, if they were given credit for getting everybody a raise, wouldn't they be rather heroic in the office? They would be the, the person that hit that button and got everybody double the money. I don't think they even thought about that. And they might not have even said, you know, they might have curtailed. The questioning saying, well, can other BNB people are like you? Well, will I get credit? Will people like, you know, give, you know, give me a big back, a slap on the back? I don't think they even added that in there. I just simply said this or that, this or that. So everybody gets. So that's. They, they didn't want to be the lowest paid person in the office. Exactly. Hmm.
So that's why you hear people get upset about, oh, CEOs making this amount of money and someone else not making the same. Like everyone is contributing at the same level. That everyone has the same ability. Sorry, that's just the case, right? Oof. Go to school, yeah. get some ridiculous thing in women's studies. You get out, you're, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars in debt. You're wondering why no one will hire you. I'll tell you why no, because you, you majored in something that's ridiculous that nobody cares about. So there's no market for it. Well, so except those women's studies somewhere. organizations, huh? or those women, women's studies corporations. <laughs> yes, exactly. all those out there. Right, they're hurting for people. Here we go. I was just talking to uh, Nicole Thompson. She, uh, Brandy Cruz's producer. She's telling me about uh, Mark Mullet. There's a little bit of local news for you. State news. So Mullet running for governor. You got uh, Bob Ferguson in there. Bob's got more than $5 million. And you have uh, Dave Reichert. And Mullet has been the guy that has been killing a lot of these bills coming out of Olympia. He's been the vote that has said, no, nope, I don't think so. So it looks like just a quick analysis, that um, Mullet is sort of sort of positioning himself as, you know, the moderate candidate, you know, in the state of Washington. If you got an R next to your name, forget about it. It's very hard to win. But if you got a D next to your name, people will give you a second look. So maybe they see Bob Ferguson and some of the draconian things that he wants to put in place. Um, maybe they see him as too far, and maybe they see Mullet as a guy. Well, that's a reasonable guy. So Mullet not having as much money as Dave Reichert or as much money as uh, Bob Ferguson, maybe he slides in there because in the primary, it's the top two finishers. So uh, interesting move is Mark Mullet. Maybe we should try to get him on the phone, uh, Joe, get him on the air. On uh, it. Because he has been the deciding vote on a, a number of these bills that have uh, been kind of kicking around for a while. So he's out there with the out there with the, uh, the silver bullet. And by the way, did I mention Wilcox uh, Family Farm Eggs, Sherry? Because they, they certainly deserve a mention because uh, – one, big fan of the Wilcox family and all they do. And um, they've been around for a long time. Big, big sponsors of Cairo Radio. And I highly recommend you pick up I a don't like cereal. carton of eggs. Should, well, then maybe we eggs would be a good choice. Yeah, well, maybe I like eggs. eggs would be a good choice for you because you don't like cereals. If you could do something like that. Um, we didn't get to the story. Do we dare do it? Joe's story about finally the answer to the age old question regarding size? Uh, yeah, we can do it. We have to kind of work around it a little bit, but sure. I'll let you handle it because you, you're good at working around something like <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I thought we were going to talk about the uh, menopause the, <laughs> the, uh, the menopause story that Joe seems uh, to be uh, really what? attached totally to. totally up to you. Yeah, I mean, both of these stories keep reappearing in the yeah. file. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find my notes on the other thing because I wrote it out <laughs> delicately so I wouldn't get um, – okay. Uh, Do we need yeah. music, like like theme music, game you show? You put some music romantic. <laughs> Yeah, but okay. – Romantic game show music? Well, or? no, those are two different Mom, options. Mom, change the station. <laughs> okay, well, I'll I, help I, you. I, I will help you change the station, Missy. Teeny, get out of here. Teeny. Okay. Teeny's trying to lean. She's got her ear up against the, the glass. Go ahead, Sherry. Okay, I can't find it, so I'm just going to have to click on the thing. Um, essentially, what it's saying is that – Men over time. It goes 24 seven, um, and it's it's kind of unbearable. <laughs> Talking about they've done some right studies. <laughs> they've done yes. some studies about the men's anatomy. Yes. And over the last few decades, what they expected was there would be a certain part of the anatomy that would have gotten smaller through the generations. Mm. But what they're yeah. finding is those 
measurements have gotten bigger. Huh. Ow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As according to who? The guys doing the measuring? No, and, and also they say definitively now that this is not an issue with most women. They don't really oh. care what what that is. This is called a groundbreaking study. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and they did this. If you're by I think analyzing. if you're breaking ground with it, then you probably <laughs> don't have to worry about the size. Say not hello too much. to my little friend. They analyzed yeah. two hundred and sixty five um marital aids. Uh huh. And they assessed factors such as size, material, price, and customer reviews to uncover what women really like. Mm. So that's how they got the information about it doesn't really matter what the, you know. Um, <laughs> but as far as the... You're doing great, Sherry. Keep going. The, <laughs> but as far as the, the uh, anatomy question... Um, They think what's happened is that more women uh, have more testosterone in their body and Mm. in utero men are, you know, every, every fetus is essentially female until 12 weeks. And at that point, their sex organs start to develop. And they think that women that have gotten more testosterone, either through the environment or whatever it is they might be taking, that is what determines or that's why there's a increase. Okay, so there's more. So the fetus, while developing, is being bathed in more testosterone. And even though the fetus will stay female, it'll have a higher um, testosterone um, function. I mean, is it going to have more testosterone? Is born a, a a baby born female will have a higher testosterone? No. In in utero, a baby is a female up to yes. 12 weeks, they say. Okay? Yes, and I know. Yes, yes. Okay. So they're saying that there is there are some uh, indications that chemical mm-hmm. exposure from pesticides or hygiene products could be one of the factors causing the quick growth. Because some of these chemicals disrupt the endocrine system, disrupt the endocrine system that regulates hormones. So, in okay. the process of these environmental concerns, or even things that you eat, or you have a more sedentary life, and you are eating junk food, that could explain why there are hormonal changes, mostly an increase in testosterone, and that's why the baby would be born with hotsy totsy. <laughs> Joe, you can jump in at any time. I think you're doing a great job. Uh, oh, mama. Doing a great job. I didn't know any of okay. that. That's fascinating. Wow, that's great, Sherry. <laughs> and now, how a fly eats your food. When a fly lands on your food, most people think it just starts eating it. But flies uh. actually can't chew like humans. So instead, they sort of puke up a special type of saliva right onto your meal. This saliva contains digestive enzymes that break down your food into a slurpable liquid. The fly then uses its proboscis to suck it up like a smoothie, which is how they consume your food. There you go. All right, if you're sure. wondering, If you're wondering... Uh, 
I'm sure there's no one listening anymore. So if just okay. the only okay. people wondering, if you want, no, okay. Myself. So yeah. I just wanted to tell you what the percentage is. Uh, things have increased on average 24% in the last three decades. Wow. Please, please. Wow. How about yeah. that? That's impressive. I, I'll say. <laughs> My first wife, Paula, dated this guy briefly. And, um, she, she, while in the midst of a, a romantic embrace, she had to ask the three questions or three word question that a, a man would never want to hear. Oh boy. And, um, when he answered in the affirmative, um, there was a uncomfortable silence and then, um, that that was the last time she was ever involved in a romantic embrace with him and um, uh, broke up with him shortly thereafter. <laughs> shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah, I would say 10 minutes after. Yeah. It's something that and you now, can't... Andrew, some fun game show music as Shuri tries to guess those three words. Mom, change the station! I know those three words. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows those three words. <laughs> okay, give me. I'll, I'll take the third, second word. What is it? You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's got to be the All most. Right. The three words that men would fear the most, maybe. Not anymore, apparently. No. Well, they've got a better chance than ever not to be asked. (laughs) (laughs) I think we handled that very well. Well done, Sherry. Nice job, guys. Oh, thank you. Maybe it'll be my new specialty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so glad I'm not reading the text line right now. Oh, boy. I'll get to it. I'll be down there. (laughs) Four words that sometimes also help. I know. And he's like, we're back, we're back. He's finding more, <laughs> more delightful stories that we can put into the show tomorrow, because that is what we do. All right. Joe, you send me the letters? I did. I got, all right. Well, well, here goes the mailman. I'm waiting I, for them I to arrive here. I, I don't have the letters. I don't either. What? Well, maybe the Nate has them. Nate, Nate, Nate sending the letters? I'm the mailman. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't have them either. Uh, I got him. I got mine. I got him. I got him. I got him. I got him. It was uh, Diane. All right, then. We'll get the letter of the day. First, take care of all the rest. Here, here we go. Okay, Randos, uh, Cheryl in, I think it's Cheryl, in the 253. Maybe this is a good day for this off-topic question. What is Teenie's origin story? Uh, we. I can go into that tomorrow. She's on Wikipedia. She has a Wikipedia page. Uh, oh, Brian, on- <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard much of that today. <laughs> oh, Brian Galvin Hill, did you officially retire? Graham died alone. I can't find that clip. 
grand. I don't, I don't know where it is. It's, it's ridiculous, this system I have here, I'm, and I'm trying to find it. But I Graham died alone. There we go. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. There he is. Still, he's still dead. Yes, moving uh, on. Uh, okay, disregard this one. Robin in the 206 says, I might be the only one, but I love Teeny Tiny. I'd say that's an well, accurate statement. Well, now that Sherry has learned how to do an imitation of Teeny Tiny, uh, Teeny feels like she's on the bubble. I love the flatulence of the show. <laughs> As we all do. Haven't heard. No, Joe, don't put the stuff in here. This is only encouraging Andrew of skipping that one. There's Elliot, uh, a 5.0 Uber rating. Biden uh, wouldn't have made his Super Bowl statement on ice cream. Hadn't been affected. He loves his ice cream. What? He wouldn't have made his ice cream statement if ice cream hadn't been affected. No, maybe so. Okay, Jamestown, a venti is Italian for 20 as in ounces, and grande means large. Well, there, you. Sherry, now okay. you know. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> 509, uh, is it too soon for Mr. John Michael Curley Jr. Esquire, a local treasure? Re- rust-colored corduroy pants, uh, uh, what's L-M-A-O? Uh, you know, Latin. laugh my. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. I don't okay. understand any of these. I mean, Joe, <laughs> you're, skip, you're skipping words. Am I? Yeah, here and there. Oh, well, you know what? Why don't you make fun of me? <laughs> Just look oh. around, man. Yeah. You drive All my right. 74 and Ford Pinto uh, right into that parking uh, space. This, this is from Mike. I miss the Dixie Chicken for Sherry's walk-on music. That's Sherry with an I and a heart over the I. And I like yes. Teeny no matter what's her name, no matter what what's her name says. You know, old big hand Luke. Gross. That's me. Uh, okay, when it comes to uh, try to read all the words there, Sherry, for this to make sense. Okay. Uh, phone phobia. Doug in Mount Vernon says, pardon the interruption, sir, but uh, you have an emergency breakthrough call. Hello, is your refrigerator one running? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Prince your- Albert in a can. In a can. <laughs> okay. Um, 253 says, Sherry, a nice ahoy is better than an ugly hi. That's true. That's Ahoy, Dave John. Dennis. Okay, now you're just trying to get all sex, <laughs> trying to get all sexy, Sherry. Rachel, 425. So um, what was happening before the uh, answer the phone politely payouts uh, began at Sherry's house? Yeah, what were you doing before your parents? We just had the phone. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't like uh, hello. They thought that was too, they wanted it to be more formal. Let's try uh, um, Ahoy. Okay. Um, ring, ring, oh, ring, 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 ring. Ahoy. There you go. Uh, ahoy. <laughs> Ellicott residence, the captain speaking. <laughs> you, know what? you know why my dad did not want me to be called John? It was John Michael Curley. As soon as I was born, he goes, we're not going to call him John. And my mom's like, well, why not? We're going to call him Michael. Why? Because I don't want to do this thing when people call up on the phone. Yeah, is uh, John there? Who, who, Big John or Little John? He said, I don't want to get into that. So I'm like, cutting that right off at the pass. <laughs> Why don't you just name you Michael? That, so then he just, Michael, because he, you know, Big John or Little John, because he didn't want any confusion in there. So my mom said, I haven't even gotten out of the hospital yet. And she goes, I didn't even think they cut the umbilical cord. And your dad was already making rules about your name. Uh, when it comes to the text line, too toxic for John253 says, as Harry Potter fans treat the text line like a... I don't even know what that Horcrux. means. What is that? It's an evil thing in the Harry Potter movies that you can't touch for too long. You have to, like, share the burden. 
Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Great advice. Uh, okay. Uh-oh. Uh, mercifully, it's over. And now it is time for the letter of the day. Thank you, Teeny. Great job. All right. This is from Paul and Sammamish. John. Oh, good. I wa- yes. I wanted to reach out and personally thank you for explaining the economic phenomenon known as shrinkflation. Prior to your commentary, I was under the impression that shrinkflation was something that happened to your body immediately following your your cold plunges. I'm sorry, it's written as following your did did your cold plunges. There is a little bit of that. TMI. But no, but oh, oh well, why don't we talk about the three words that no woman, no man wants to hear, Sherry? Which you happen to know the second I, word in the list, which tells me. I just want to tell you the first thing I heard was your voices, and it made me cry. <laughs> A lot of people feel that way. Thank That's you. That's all she wrote. That's all. Oh, didn't write no more. Oh my no God! Do we have another hour in us? Huh? I can do it if you can do it. It's uh, I can do it too, girl. It's new. It's making history. That's right, it is.